I want to open up God's Word to you today, and I want to share a sort of a reset message. It's called true success, and what I want to do today is I want to reset your perception of what it means to be successful in life, especially if you're a Christian. This applies to everyone, but I want to especially talk to Christians today because I think we can get a worldly view of what it means to be successful. So I would start by asking you, are you successful in life? Do you think you're successful? Now, most people, if they were asked that, they'd say yes. But the truth is, most people deep inside feel like they're falling short. Um, Maybe they don't feel like they're happy enough or content enough, or maybe they don't feel like they're they're uh, wealthy enough or have enough possessions. And there is a way that the world has of viewing success, the world's version of success. And if you're not careful and you're out in the world a lot, it will suck you into it. And you'll start beginning to view your life through the lens of the world and start maybe feeling bad about your life because you're not measuring up to the world's idea of what it means to be a success in life. The world's version of success is big money. You got big money, um, that means you're successful. You've made it. You're, you're happy. You're, you're, uh, you're, you're famous. Big fame, that's another one. The world says if lots of people know you, then uh, you are uh, mad successful. And uh, look at them. They, everybody knows their name. Everybody watches their videos. Everybody's seen them on TV or listens to their music. You are big successful. You are really successful. Maybe it's big education. Uh, you know, you got your bachelor's, your, your master's, your PhD, and, and, and you just are continuing to improve your education and you want people to look at you and the world would look at you and say, Oh, wow, that person is successful. Look how far they've come and what they've accomplished in their education. Maybe it's just accomplishments in general. Maybe you've uh, climbed Mount Everest or uh, you've done some other amazing thing and, and the world looks at you and says, wow, that person is extremely successful. Big means this. Big in the world's eye means you have done more or have more than everyone around you. That's really what it means. It's a comparison to others. So if we were all millionaires, then being a millionaire wouldn't be such a big thing, would it? Uh, But because we're not all millionaires, when you are a millionaire, people look at you and think, wow, that person is successful. It's all relative. There's a term we used to use called the rat race. And it basically means that all of us uh, here on earth just kind of scratching our way, trying to get to the top of some invisible mountain where we're going to feel like everything is uh, uh, the way it should be. You know, we're going to finally be happy and finally be blessed and and, and people are going to know us. The truth is that rat race is just a comparison between you and others. And that's one of the mistakes of the world's versions of success is it's a comparison to others. Are you, do you have more money than others? Are you more famous than others? Do you have a better education than than others? Have you accomplished more than others? This is how the world is going to measure success. The problem is there's always somebody around you who has more money more fame, bigger accomplishments, always more stuff. And it can be this thing where 
If you arrive to a certain level, let's say of finances, you have a certain level of money and you get new friends who are in your circle who have money like you, some of them are going to have more money than you. And then you're going to feel like, well, you've got to work harder and make more money to be successful. And then you get another level of friends and maybe you make uh, the least amount of all your new friends. And these are your rich friends. And they, now you don't feel successful because every level of life, you seem to be on the bottom rung and you're measuring yourself against everyone else. Can I tell you something, while the world might be impressed with money, with education, with accomplishments, with fame, with all of these things that the world views as success, while the world looks as is impressed by it all, God is not impressed by how much money you have. God is not impressed by how much fame you have. God is not impressed by your accomplishments or your education. God is not impressed by these things. They may be all good. It's not that they're bad in and of themselves, but they don't make a successful Christian life. I want to talk to you today about what it means to live a successful Christian life. And some of you today, I hope are going to live with more peace, more joy, more happiness, more contentment, as you realize that living a successful Christian life is within your grasp, is within your power. While making a billion dollars may be out of your grasp, out of your power, while, while being the most famous person on earth may be out of your grasp, out of your power, I want you to know that to live a successful life is within your power. Not the world's way, God's way. Number one I want to talk to you about, this is where we begin always in living a successful life. And it is in John 17, 3, among many other places in scripture. John 17, 3, this is eternal life that they may know you. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. You will never be a success in life until you know God through Jesus Christ. You will never be who God intended for you to be. You have a creator and he shaped you for a purpose and you were never meant to function on your own. You were meant to function in communion with your creator. And as long as the creator is not involved in your life, you will never be able to become who your creator intended for you to be. Yes, you have to start with knowing Jesus. Now, if you're truly a born-again believer in Jesus Christ and you've been brought to life spiritually and you're in Christ, you can grow in Jesus, but you have begun what it means to be successful. In fact, if you were to ask God Almighty, what's the first thing I need to do to be successful in life? He would say this, it is to know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. You'd say, well, I do that that. Yes, I am in Christ. I know God. And so thank you, Lord, for that. It is not only to, to know that there is a God, it's but to know God and to have fellowship and communion with him, to have a relationship with him. There are many people who know my wife, but they know of her. Maybe they know a few things about her, but I know her. And God knows her even more than I do. And it's because of intimacy and because of relationship. And I want to tell you today, it takes more than going to church. It takes more than saying you're a Christian. To know God means that you must be born again. You must place your faith in Him and have Him bring your spirit to life and become a child of God, become a, a part of the family of God, and then develop that relationship 
in him. It is to believe in him, believe in his son, and also to believe and accept the truth that he reveals. You know, I, I'm continually looking for ways to help people receive revelation about Jesus Christ. I am firmly convinced that no one comes to God by some intellectual argument about God or Jesus or the Bible or anything like that, but only those serve a purpose to do this, to spark conviction and revelation in people's lives. You're going to come to God because one day the Holy Spirit is going to turn the light on in your spirit and you're going to see truth revealed. And it is when you see truth revealed that you see these three things, that you're a sinner and that judgment is coming and that Jesus is the only one who can save you. And you, when you see those three things and you accept them and you turn to them and you, you believe in Christ as your Savior, it is then that you are born again and you trust Him with your eternal life. And it is those people who have a relationship with God. They are in communion with God. I am in Him and He is in me. Thank you, Jesus. So if you want to live a successful life here on earth, the first thing you got to do is being relationship with your creator. You were designed to be in communion with God, to not function on your own, but to function with him and in his power. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Number two, we go to Acts 1, 8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and even to the uttermost and remotest parts of the earth. So when you are born again and brought into the family of God, the Bible says that you are saved for a purpose, the purpose of good works. Yes, Jesus saved you because he loves you, doesn't want you to go to hell, but he also saved you so that you could receive power to do something in the world, to have a mission in the world, to accomplish something. Your life was designed to be filled and empowered with the Holy Spirit of the living God. Now, I know some of you are thinking, well, when I was saved, didn't the Spirit come in me? Yes, the Spirit came within you. But notice what Jesus says here. You will see power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, I can't go too deep into this because it's too long, but I want you to know that there is an experience. It is the baptism in the Holy Spirit in which the Holy Spirit not only is in you, but comes upon you. The epi, that word in the Greek upon means the epi, the surface of your life, the fleshly parts of your life to empower you for God's service. So this experience, he told his disciples, look, I don't want you going out to be my witnesses until you have the power of God, not just in you, but upon you, working in your flesh. What does that mean? The Holy Spirit at work in controlling your mouth, controlling your hands, at work in your feet, at work in your mind and your emotions. There is an experience that if you want to live a truly successful Christian life, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So God's work is not just in you, but it is upon you, working through you. It is the people filled with the Holy Spirit of the living God who are submitting their flesh to the work of God in the world today. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you need more understanding on that, I just wrote a book last year and uh, it's called God in Your Flesh. You can get a copy uh, on Amazon or you can go to my website and find it there. If you don't have the money to pay for it, I'll send you a free one. Just send me a message and I want you to get this truth into your life. But I believe truly with all my heart that 
people aren't living up to their full potential because they have received God into their lives. They've been saved, but they have not been filled with the Holy Spirit or baptized in the Holy Spirit. They need God upon their lives so that they can accomplish what God wanted them to accomplish. Now, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he, uh, he infuses your life with spiritual gifts and callings. Your particular calling is different than mine. Not everyone has been called to teach on Sunday morning in the church. What a mess it would be if we all just showed up and everybody taught and nobody listened and learned. What a mess it would be if we all showed up and everybody sang. What a mess it would be if we were all like you or all like me. No, we've all been given different giftings and different callings. We have different spiritual giftings given to us. And when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, those giftings are empowered for you to become everything that God wants you to do. I say this all the time, and it is so true. Before I was saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, there were seeds of music, seeds of, of uh, uh, ministry, seeds of singing talent, seeds of writing, seeds of things in me. But they were dormant. They were not exposed, and, and they had not reached their potential. When I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, Something came alive in me and all of the seeds that God put in me began to blossom. I began to become better at things and more courageous and more determined and, and more faithful than ever. And, and I always give this example. It's not, that, it's not that all of a sudden I was magically better at playing the guitar. It's that I had a new ambition, a new uh, discipline to practice long hours. So that's how I got better at playing the guitar. Uh, and I do that for Jesus. I play the guitar for Jesus and that gifting was given to me, but it was dormant. It wasn't reaching its full potential until I received the power of the Holy Spirit who began to work through my flesh to help me become who I am today. And I am driven in the flesh by the Holy Spirit. He moves me sometimes just to work hard, to, to, to learn new things, to keep going, to keep pushing and keep pursuing. If you want to be who God wants you to be, if you want to truly be successful in life, you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit in your life, empowering you to become who God called you to be. Glory to his name. Yes, if you want to be successful, it's not about your money. It's not about your accomplishments or education. All those things are fine. But no, it's about knowing him, being filled and empowered by his spirit. And number three, finally today, it is that you would begin to accomplish your work, your ministry in your world. I want to read Matthew 5. Um, such a familiar scripture, but we're going to dig some stuff out of here. Because oftentimes when we talk about your ministry to your world, I know that can get confusing because you're thinking, well, what am I, what is my calling? What am I supposed to do? And that is a, that is something that we as the church can help you with, but it's also a personal lifetime discovery of, of who God created you to be. And, and like two of the most wonderful discoveries in life that are sort of never ending here on earth is the discovery of who God is as he reveals himself to you and the discovery of who you are, who God made you to be. And it's important that we spend time discovering our gifts and our callings so that we can accomplish what God called us to accomplish. But it's not as difficult as you think it should be or you think it would be. 
Matthew 5, starting in verse 14, you, you, yeah, you, you, no, 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 not me, pastor, somebody else. No, you are the light of the world. Oh, no, I don't want to take anything away from Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world. I'm not. You know what? Let me tell you a secret. You are the light of the world. Now, what's shining in you is not you. It's Jesus. But you are what the world is going to see. That goes back to the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The world can't see spiritual things. It can only see fleshly, earthly things. So when it sees God at work in you, it sees a light. What is that light? It's God at work in you. But it's still you. They're looking at you. You are the light of the world. You are the light of your world. You're the light in your job. You're the light in your home. You're the light in your family. You're the light in your community. You're the light on Facebook. I get so discouraged when I see wonderful Christians saying, I'm going off of, of uh, Facebook or Twitter because there's so much bad stuff on here. Yeah, there's darkness there. That's why you're there, because you are the light of Facebook. You're the light of the world. Come on, are you with me? A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket. That's why you got to be on Facebook. You got to be on your job. You got to be in your family. You got to speak up. You got to let it shine in front of them. <coughs> no, you don't put it under a basket, but you put it on a lampstand and it gives light to everyone who is in the house. So let your light shine. Let your light shine in such a way before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Yes, if you want to be successful, what you've got to do is let your light shine. Just be a, an example of what God can do in the world. Do good things. Yes, good works are important. Good works don't save you, but if you're saved, you'll do good works. Oh, some of you, that just hit you right between the eye. Because, uh, you know, it, it's true that we rest in Christ. We have been saved. We rest in Jesus. We don't have to work to be saved or stay saved. That's true. But that doesn't mean we don't have a work to do. Yes, we rest in our position in God, but we work in ministry. Go into all the world is a description of action. Go. We're supposed to do good works. We're supposed to love people, give. We're supposed to help people, feed the poor, stand up for those who are being oppressed. We're supposed, to, we're supposed to speak up. We're supposed to sacrifice our time and our efforts and our love. And when people see that, they're going to wonder, what in the world is inside of you? They're going to want to know why you're doing what you're doing. Yes, yes, you go into your world and you just do good works, do good things. Sometimes, I'm going to give you a couple simple examples. Smile to people. Smile. That can be just so amazing. I believe God invented the smile. It is, it is an attitude changer. It can change someone's day. Thank you, Jesus. You think, well, what does it matter, change someone's day? Well, it could be that someone was going to take their own life that day. But your smile did just a spark of hope in them that kept them going. Don't tell me it doesn't matter. It matters. Just a spark, just a smile. 
Say complimentary things to people. Tell the waiter they did an amazing job. Tell the chef uh, or the cook that they did an amazing job. Tell your mechanic that you appreciate his honesty with you. Tell people that, that, that are around that you, you enjoy their smile, you enjoy their friendship. Let your friends and family know that you appreciate them. Say good things. Give things away. Give your time and your energy and your money and your possessions away. You know, there's nothing wrong with selling some of the extra stuff you have. I know there's Facebook Marketplace and there's things where you can sell your extra junk and that's good. You need the money or you just want to have it, that's, that's fine. You can sell it. But I would encourage you maybe give some of it away. Maybe, maybe you have something that you don't necessarily need the money or even if you do, you want to make a sacrifice and plant a seed, give it away to someone else. Do a good deed and just give it to someone else. Or if you sell it, take the money and give it to somebody who needs it. Give away your time, your energy, your effort, your money. $5 given doesn't seem like much, but the person receiving it, it's a big deal to them. It, even if it's $5 isn't enough to meet their need, it's an expression of love from one human to another. Can I tell you, good works are everywhere. The opportunity around you is everywhere. Let your light shine. And you're thinking, well, I don't know a, a lot of doctrine and I don't memorize scriptures and all of that. Can I, can I tell you something? I use Google to look up scriptures all the time. Can I promise you that's not a big deal? What is true is that you share the love of God and you just are an expression of the love of God through your good works. Not only your good works, but your attitude. Come on, Christians. Can we have an attitude of gratitude? Can we, can, we, uh, can we do the mental floss thing from time to time and just clean the stinking out of our thinking? Come on, can we just get rid of the negativity? Some of you are just so negative. And I spend a lot of time ministering to people. And the one thing that I'm always trying to do is just, I'm always reminding them of the Word of God. I'm always trying to lift them out of a negative place. Listen, when you start getting into this bad place, you're not only not helping others around you, you're not helping yourself. But we have been called to speak words of positive hope, to declare the goodness of God, to, to declare the, the wonders and the, the blessings and the hope of God. Now abideth these three things, Paul said faith, hope, and love. You know what? When everything else is gone, y'all, you, you have faith, hope, and love. How can the world be bad when everything else could fall apart, but you still have faith, hope, and love? Oh, thank you, God. This is the attitude you need to share with the world around you. Let your light shine. Let your love show. Now, some of you, you don't understand love because love means that person behaves in such a way and my response to them is an emotion. That's not love. Love is a decision. Let me tell you something. God doesn't love you because of who you are. He loves you because of who he is. And in the same way, Christians, you don't love others just because of who they are. You love them because of who you are. You make a conscious choice to love them. Let me tell you how that works. The same with forgiveness. And that is you choose how you're going to speak with them. And that is with love. You choose how you're going to think about them. And that is with love. You choose how you're going to treat them. And that is with love. And I promise you this, if you do that enough, your emotions will follow and you'll begin to feel that love for them. Yes. Show your love, express your love, declare your love for the people around you. Declare God's love. And finally, be an example of what it means for a person to have been transformed by the love of God. Just, just be a living witness, a living testimony. So if, 
if the world went to court to determine whether Jesus saves and all of this gospel of Christ is true, you would take the sand and just basically say, look at me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Oh, I once was this, but Jesus set me free. I once was, I once was in charge of my righteousness and I failed miserably, but I trusted in Christ and now he has made me righteous in him. No, I'm not perfect. No, not, not in the flesh. I will be someday. I'm not perfect now, but God sees me as righteous. Oh, I am viewed. I am identified by what Jesus has done for me. Glory be to his name. I'm perfect in him. Thank you, Jesus. Look at me. Look at me and see that God can take an old guy like me who isn't the richest, who isn't the most famous, who isn't the most educated, and he can do something amazing and wonderful with my life. I take the stand today and I say, look at me. Look at me. You'll find a lot of mistakes. Listen, my failures aren't a black mark on the story of Christianity. My failures are part of the beauty of it, that God would love and receive and work through someone even like me. Bless his holy name. Can I tell you something? You just being you in Christ Jesus is letting your light shine in your world. No, don't hide it. Don't put it under a bushel, but let it shine. Let people see it. Let people see that you are an example of what happens to someone who lets God love them, who lets God do in them what he wants to do. And that is to be in communion with you, to be in relationship, to bring you to life, to bring you, to birth you into the family of God to fill you and empower you with the Spirit, to give you gifts and callings so you can accomplish the purpose He has in your life, that you can go out into your world full of Jesus and, and the power of the Holy Spirit upon you and be a light that shines in your world so that other people can see what they could never have seen without you. See, without you, they couldn't see God, but they see Him at work in you. And it makes them want the God that's inside of you. See how simple that is? Can I tell you something? If you die without a lot of money, but you've done these things, you have lived the most successful life. You have accomplished what God called you to accomplish. If you never get a PhD or a master's degree, and you have lived these three things, then you have lived a truly successful Christian life. Maybe today you're living these things three things, but you've kind of got your mind in a worldly mindset and you're starting to measure your worth by how much money you make. I'm talking to you. And you're starting to measure your worth by how successful you are. And you're starting to measure your life by how good you've been acting. That's the world's version of success. God's version is, do you know him? Are you in Him? Are you in relationship with Him? Have you been empowered by Him for service? And have you gone out into your world and just let yourself shine to the world around you? Thank you, Jesus. And I want to give you one final piece of release. And I believe pastors out there today, if you're listening, I want you to listen to what I'm about to tell you. Because this helped me be at peace so much. 
And it's not just for pastors. It's for business people. It's for people on the career. It's for people who are in your family. When you get your self-worth, your sense of success by the measurements of your world, it is too heavy a burden for you to bear, especially in kingdom work. Listen to me, ministers of the gospel. Listen to me. I used to think that it was my job to produce results for the kingdom, but I have since learned that it is not my job to produce results for the kingdom. It is my job to be faithful. Can I tell you something? Listen to me. There, there's, this, there's this leadership thing going around. It's been going around for decades that everything rises and falls on leadership, that if your church is successful, it's because of the leader, you, pastor. If your business is successful, it's because of you. And that if it's not, it's because of you. That somehow you're carrying the responsibility for results. Can I tell you something? That's not what the Bible teaches. Can I tell you something? Paul said it this way. I planted the seed. Apollos watered it, another person, but it was God that gave the increase. Therefore, the one who plants and the one who waters really isn't important. What matters is that God is the one who gives the increase. What that means is this. You have been called to be faithful. If God called you to plant, plant seed. You're not responsible for the increase or the growth. If you're called to water, then water. But you're not responsible for the increase. God is. What does that mean? Listen to me, child of God. You just go and be faithful to be and do what God called you to be, and you let the results fall in the hands of God Almighty. If you have two people at church or 10,000 people at church, it's your business only to be faithful. You didn't, you're not at fault because there's only two, and you're not, you're not the one who is responsible for 10,000. You are only responsible to be faithful, to do what God called you to do. Yes. Uh, the parable of the talents. One had five, one had two, one had one. The man with five went out and got five more and was uh, was uh, thanked and rewarded. The one who went out and got two, who had two, went out and got two more and the same. And what did the master of those people say in the talent? He said he didn't say, "Wow, you're producing a lot." No, he said, "You have been faithful." Can I tell you something? Some of you today, you're carrying too great a burden because you're trying to be God and you're trying to be responsible for the increase. You think if when you pray for the sick, if you shake just right or you just say the right thing that you're, you're going to make the, the thing happen, you're going to make healing happen. It's not you. Just be faithful. Pray the prayer, pray the prayer of faith and let God be responsible for the results. Your business, just do what God called you to do and let God be responsible for the results. Your church, just do what God called you to do to the best of your ability and you let God be responsible for the increase. And listen, God's never made a mistake. Are you hearing me today? So that burden that you've been carrying that you need to somehow produce more results and that will mean you're successful, let that go. You're carrying a burden you can't bear because you're trying to do God's job. Just relax. Just do what God called you to do and let God be responsible for the increase. Glory be to his name. 
Oh, I can tell you, can I tell you, that set me free. That gave me such a release from the burden. So today, or, or this week when I was preparing to preach and share the Word of God to you today, I wasn't concerned about how I was going to get a bunch of people to watch. Uh, I wasn't going to measure myself whether a lot are watching or, or whether I get a lot of good comments. No, I'm just going to do the absolute 100% best I can do, and I'm going to let God be responsible with the results. If God wants to use me to minister to five, that's okay. If it's five, that's okay. I don't measure my worth by things like that. That's the world's measure of success. I measure my success by this. I know him. I am filled with his spirit and I am a light in my world. I may die without a lot of money. I don't know. I may die without being famous. I don't know. I may die without big education. I don't know, but I can tell you this. I believe I am a true success in Christ Jesus, my Lord. And listen, I believe there are a lot of you who are living truly successful Christian lives. But you just got caught up in the thinking of the world. And today is your reset day. Today is your reset day. Come on, say it out loud. You know what? I'm doing all right. Say it out loud. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right because I'm faithful. Yeah, it's God who produces. It's God who gives the increase. I'm faithful. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.